This month is Nautical Terminology Awareness Month. Today's word is mizzenmast. This is 20 Questions Tuesday, the podcast where one guy asks another guy 20 questions. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. Dave, what is up with you this week? A great injustice has been committed, David. No, say it ain't so. What's up? A great injustice against all mankind, specifically me. Okay. Specifically with regards... Are you okay? ...to pasta salad. Oh, to pasta salad. Okay. All right. So, last weekend, Jenny, my girlfriend... Beloved of all. Beloved of all, but particularly me. Sure. So, Jenny comes over. We decide to make dinner. And she has a particular pasta salad that she wants to make. Okay. So we do, we, we have a lot of dates that start and end at the grocery store. That end at the grocery store? Yes. Okay. Don't worry about that part. Okay. The starting part is the more important part. And the, is the more important, the more important part? The starting part's the most important part. Yes. That. Hoity, 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 hoity. Thank you. Um, wait, what was that movie from that podcast that you were <laughs> from Darby, uh, Alka Hollywood? Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yeah, yeah. God, that that movie sounded nuts. Uh, I met her after work. We met up at the grocery store. Okay. And she had a pasta salad recipe that she wanted to make. And so we bought the ingredients for it, and we went back to my place, and we made pasta salad. And it was with item one, pasta. Sure. Which was rotini in this case. Uh, we had um, asparagus. Mm-hmm. We had cured ham cut into cubes. This sounds like a pretty solid pasta salad so far. And uh, goat cheese with herbs. We got this, like, log of goat cheese with uh, that was herb-encrusted and mashed it up, and it sort of formed like a... Uh, I, I don't know what to call it. it. It was almost like having a cream dressing. Sweetheart, you had me at herb-encrusted log. I know I did, baby. So we made that pasta salad. Turned out great. Sure. Salt and pepper in there. Super simple. Delicious. So we made a bunch of it. Okay. Like way more than two people would eat. So we had, we each had a bowl of it for that meal. And then the, the next day, Jenny took some to work for lunch and possibly future dinner. And then there was about... I, I would say a quarter of the remainder, which was still substantial, still like, you know, a large meal or maybe two small meals worth of pasta salad in which a pot people in my don't know, fridge. Named after Horatio P. Mealsworth, Ministry of Defense during the Great War. Of course, yes. Uh, he was, of course, the pioneer of measuring things in terms of himself. Like, um, th- this is a real one. Um, what are you talking about? Smoot, Holly Smoot, or the the guy who was be- or there was a guy the senator from Utah, right? Who was behind the one half of the Holly Smoot tariff? No, uh, Smite Smoot, Smite for Ute, which was an Ogden Nash poem about Smoot from Wikipedia. The Smoot is a non-standard unit of length created as part of an MIT fraternity prank. It is named after Oliver R. Smoot, a fraternity pledge to Lambda Chi Alpha, who, in October 1958, lay on the Harvard Bridge and was used by his fraternity brothers to measure the length of the bridge. Oh, I have heard of that. I just, I just want to emphasize hmm. that there are, to this day, 
still markings on the bridge. That's amazing. Measuring out its length in smoots. Shall I read to you this poem? Uh, based on the news item, Smoot plans tariff ban on improper books. Absolutely. Read to me this poem. This is by my favorite poet, Ogden Nash. Senator Smoot, Republican Ute, is planning a ban on smut. Oh, rooty toot for Smoot of Ute and his reverend Ossiput. Smite, Smoot, smite for Ute. Grit your molars and do your doot. Gird up your loins, smite hip and thigh. We'll all be Kansas by and by. Smite, Smoot for the watch and ward for Hiram Johnson and Henry Ford. For Bishop Cannon and John D. Jr. For ex-gov Pinchot of Pennsylvania. For John S. Sumner and Elder Hayes and possibly Edward L. Bernays. I don't know any of these people. Well, they're all dead, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Uh, it goes all the way to smite, smoot, be rugged and rough. Smut if smitten is front page stuff. That was glorious. Yeah. What a delicious work of absurdity. I love Ogden Nash so much. So you may be thinking to yourself, listener, everything thus far has sounded delightful. It's true. Where is this injustice? There was pasta salad. The pasta salad was partially eaten. Mm -hmm. There were delicious leftovers Mm -hmm. of pasta salad. Where in this scenario? Whence the grave injustice? Wither it. Wither the injustice indeed. That was foreshadowed at the beginning of our tale. I shall tell you! Tell me do. Uh, so I was going to eat the rest of that pasta salad for one or more dinners over the course of the week. Sure. But I kept ending up having things like activities or events after work and I didn't get home for dinner. Boo-hoo, so, so popular. I would eat dinner out somewhere. Uh-huh. So the pasta salad sat there for a week. Then Jenny came over again. She opens up the fridge. She's like, David, that pasta salad is still in there. Why is it still in there? I'm like, well, I didn't get around to eating it. She's like, throw it out. It's not good anymore. And I'm like, you don't know that. You didn't even try it. Uh-huh. Like she didn't even open it. Because I'm like, listen, that is probably perfectly good pasta salad, I assume, and have no reason to assume otherwise. You know, it's only one week. That's not a big deal. And I hate throwing out food. Sure. I hate it. I hate it so much. And I always end up doing it because I let things sit for too long. And it's just like a constant struggle in my life. So I'm like, no, listen, this is probably still good. Uh Uh-huh. Jenny's like, there's no way it's still good. If you let it sit here and you leave the apartment and leave me here, I'm throwing it out. So, this morning, I go off to work. And Jenny works later than I do, so I let her sleep in. And I return home this evening to find the pasta salad gone and the pasta salad pot cleaned out and on my stove. No! I texted Jenny and she said, yeah, I threw out your dumb pasta salad. It was gross. This injustice will not stand. And it is the gravest injustice that has ever been visited upon my head well, in my entire 27 years on this green earth. Then you're pretty lucky, son. Nothing worse has ever happened to any human being. <laughs> I texted Jenny as soon as I got home. And, like, I didn't even have to open the fridge because I saw the empty pot on the stove. I texted her as soon as I got in. 
my pasta salad no you know what i would have texted her instead what just all caps period at the period at the end treachery <laughs> well maybe next time next time so put that in your pocket I, there's there's gonna be a next time we're definitely gonna make something and i'm definitely gonna let it sit in the fridge for too long until it is no longer edible uh-huh The grand twist in all of this (laughs) is that my deeply held belief, my deeply and sincerely held belief that this pasta salad was good and still okay to eat is in no way borne out by any evidence. And in actual fact, it is incredibly likely that Jenny was completely right in this scenario and that pasta salad, after sitting there for more than a week, was no longer edible in any way. Nah, dude, nah. Nah, she was wrong. You gotta prove her wrong by eating it out of the garbage with your hands. Oh, fuck, I didn't even check the trash. Wait, hold on. Dave? Well, listeners, it appears that David has actually uh, gotten up to go check the garbage. It's just you and me now. That is the sound of a fork. David, David, don't do anything rash. The garbage bag has been removed from underneath the sink, leading me to believe that my girlfriend threw out the pasta salad into the garbage bag, then removed said bag to the outside dumpster to prevent me (laughs) from getting it. For a second, I heard a clink, and I I thought you were getting a fork out of the drawer. I don't eat garbage. I just want to emphasize this. I just want to emphasize. You're not a monster. To all of our listeners, I don't eat things out of the the goddamn trash. (laughs) I don't eat things out of the garbage. Oh, you too good for a little garbage eating? I am uh, whatever the name of Remy's dad was in Ratatouille. (laughs) Played by Brian Dennehy. Is that who that was? That was. You know, I don't think his character got a name. I think he was just dad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. That's a delightful film. Yeah. Anyway, that is the story of the deepest betrayal that has ever occurred in my life. And I hope you can all see how this pasta salad injustice cannot and shall not stand and has already been thoroughly accomplished and there's no way to go back now. What's up with you, David? How are you doing? How's your pasta salad? Nobody has thrown out my pasta salad. When was the last time you made pasta salad? I don't know. Long ass time ago. I kind of really want to make pasta salad now. See? Don't you totally want pasta salad? Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, what have you been doing in the non-pasta salad realms? My friends and I went to the Heston Steam Museum in Indiana. You and I have been there. Yeah, once upon a time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, five years ago, maybe? Yeah. They have Something all this like industrial equipment out in a field, and they have these two old steam-powered locomotive engines. Mm-hmm. And they go on a, a track around the uh, around this this field. Uh, there's also a steam-powered um, sawmill and a steam-powered nice. electric generator. It's really cool. I mean, listeners may or may not know of my deep abiding love of steampunk and retro Victoriana. So that pushes, like, all of my buttons. Or does it open all of my valves? Oh, gross. Uh, yeah, so I took, I took the uh, recorder there. I took my little sound recorder there. 
Oh, nice. Uh, to, to just get some good some... B-roll? Yeah, I did. I got some really cool sounds. I got some really cool sound effects, especially right next to the um, the engine. Uh, especially right next to like all the these weird little pistons on the locomotive. There were all these little wiggly awesome. doodads that did all sorts of different incomprehensible things. So was everything was like everything up and running? Everything was running. Here's the here's a weird dumb truism about steam power. Yes. It's really wet. Yeah. It's really hot and wet. Yeah, you, you don't think about that anymore. Which is like, weird because the word steam is in the name. <laughs> and steam is both hot and wet. But for some reason, I always imagined, like, whenever you see a puff well, of steam in a cartoon, it looks like it'd be nice and, like, dry. It's like, Pah! And you're like, yeah. But really, on a hot day, it's just like, Pah! And it's just more Chicago happening at you. <laughs> There is such a thing as dry steam. Uh, so ideally, if you have, if your um, your home or living space or office is heated by a, a steam radiator, mm-hmm. that uses dry steam, meaning it is steam that is too hot to condense. Oh. And you specifically want dry steam in the radiator because if it condenses at all, even a little bit inside there, it'll corrode. That's when. Well, it'll corrode the inside of the radiator, and uh, it'll also, when the hot steam hits it, mm-hmm. immediately burst. Like, if you have a little, like, drops of condensation, they'll immediately burst. And that's what happens when, like, your radiator starts banging around, like, it, when it sounds like there's a tiny man in your radiator, <laughs> like, hitting the inside of it with a wrench. Uh-huh. That's what's happening. I, I know I know some steam facts. I went there with Duo, with Jillian, and my dad, and we all just played around on trains for a while. It was great. Tiny, uh, Tiny David would love that so much. I know Tiny David would love that so much. I believe we have already told the train engineer hat story on this show. Tiny hat wearing Dave. Oh my goodness! So cute. Best ever. You know what else is the best ever? Playing Twenty Questions Tuesday with you. Boom! You got it. Oh, sweet. That's the so one. So I got this in one question, right? Uh, I mean, you got the, let's call this the uh, the pre-scenario. Let's head over to the pre-scoratorium and see how I pre-did. Okay. Now let's see here. How did you uh, uh, The pre-scoratorium, for anybody who is not aware, I don't think we've pulled this one out before. Uh, mm. It's actually a, a tinier version of the scoratorium that sits on top of the big one that we use for the main game. That's why it's pitched up so high. Exactly. It's like an Alvin and the Chipmunks version of the Scoratorium. Yeah. And uh, there are some literal chipmunks in there. Mm-hmm. They're, um, <clears throat> they're not alive in the strictest sense. So how did I do? they are fully necessary to the operation. Uh, okay, so you got that pre-20 questions Tuesday in one question, buddy. Holy shit, that's amazing. All-time record. You get a plaque. All right. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, we can go to the full game. The main game? The main game. The big event. The head cheese event. Nope, nope. Let's not talk about head cheese. Have you ever you had don't head want cheese? It. it can be delicious. Uh, on a banh mi, or on a slice of rye bread on a hot day. <laughs> There's nothing like a good jellied head cheese. With a strong Belgian mustard on a on a hot day, let me tell you. 
Nothing soothes the nerves like drinking the juice from a canned ham. What is that stuff they packed canned hams in anyway? Manny, Manny. Okay. Let's go over the rules. David, give me some numbers. Number one. I will think of a thing. Number two. David will ask only yes or no questions to narrow down the nature of the thing. Number three. If David exceeds 20 questions, the game and reality as we know it is over. No more than 20 questions are permitted. Number four. If David correctly guesses the thing in fewer than 20 questions, he wins the game and we all get to live for another week. And number five. No shirt, no shoes, no pants, no underwear. You are naked. Are you ready? No, I'm naked. Does that mean you're not ready? No, I'm ready. Those things don't seem mutually exclusive to me. I am ready. Then you may ask your first question. Dave? David? Is it alive? No. Does it move? Hmm, does it move? Oh, that's complicated. No. It does in a certain sense, but no, it doesn't move. When you say it does move, is that movement because it's on a planet and it moves with the planet? I, I mean, I'm not that mean. <laughs> I'm not that much of a dick in this game. No, it's, okay. it's not because of that. Okay. Is it a machine? It is not a machine. Is it a built, is it a structure? It's not a structure. Is it a built thing? Be more specific. Is it man-made? Yes, it is man-made. Is it on the planet Earth? Uh, yeah, it's on the planet Earth. Is Does this scenario take place in the present day? Sure, it takes place in the present day. In a particular location on the planet? Uh, no, definitely not in a particular location on the planet. So anywhere, now times. Yes. And it is a thing that is man-made that does not move. It is a thing, it is man-made... It does not move, but there is also a certain sense in which it moves. But I should stop saying that because it's only going to confuse you. It does not move. Is it made of man-made materials? Yes, but that's not a good answer. Is it solid? No, it's not. Is it liquid? No, it's not liquid. It's a gas. It's not a gas. It is neither solid, liquid, nor gas. It is none of those. Is it material? No, it is immaterial. Is it an idea? Mm, no, it's a little more concrete than an idea. It's more concrete I mean, than an idea. I mean, you know, it, it is an idea, yes, but it's more than just an idea. Is it a human system? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't exactly call it a system. Like democracy or capitalism or socialism? Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Uh, it's It's not really in that genre of stuff. Is it a philosophy? No, it's not a philosophy. It's an immaterial thing. Yes. Is it, so it doesn't have a size? No, well, mm, it depends on how you define size. It doesn't have any kind of physical dimensions. No, it doesn't have any kind of physical dimensions. Is it technological? It is, it is zero and all smooths. Okay. Is it is it a technology? I would describe it as technological in nature, sure. Does it result from a physical cause? Absolutely, yes. So physical like, things have to happen to make it. So, like for example, cell phone coverage isn't strictly speaking material, but it requires 
cell phone towers in order to affect its existence. Precisely, yes. Is it related to electromagnetism? Definitely. Okay. You need electromagnetism to make it. Is it is it the internet? No. Is it a type of radiation? Uh, arguably. So is it uh, a radio program? No, but you're devastatingly close. Is it a sound? Nope, you were closer before. It's some sort of program. I mean, yes. It's some sort of show. There, there's, yes, it's a show. Okay. A television show? It's a television show. Okay, so see, that's what I was saying about movement. Oh, Cause oh, because it moves. When you broadcast a television show, like the it stuff has to moves. Yeah, like sure. electrons, waves, depending on how it's broadcast. Like either stuff goes through a cable, like data moves through a cable, or the image or itself moves. There's waves, or yeah, like there, there's all kinds of ways that that could be construed to to move, but it doesn't really move. Okay, so you're thinking of a television like a show. Object. So I'm thinking about a television show. A television show that does not exist? This television show does not exist. It has never existed. And God damn it, if I have my way, it will never exist. So but not because is, I don't like it or anything. Is it a rerun of a fictitious old program? No, it is it's not. A now, it's a non-existent now type program. Very much so, yes. Does it matter whether or not it's on cable or network television? It is almost certainly on cable. Okay. Uh, is it prestige television? For all the uselessness that that label contains. I don't 100% know what that means, but I would guess not really. Would someone write a think piece about it? Uh, yeah, they would. Okay, so is it a reality I mean, in, in this show? reality that I'm describing, they would. Is it a reality show? No, it's not. Is it, it's a, is it a fiction show? It is a fiction show, yes. Is it based on an existing property? No, it is not based on any existing property. Is it a comedy? Mm, there's funny parts, but it's not a comedy. Does it have real actors in it? As in people who exist in our world who are acting in it? Correct. Uh, no. Okay, so it's a drama. It's Yeah, it's, it's a TV it's, drama. It's a TV drama. So you got to figure out what it's about. Okay. Is it about a group of professionals? No. Is it about white people? Hmm. I'm going to say, I mean, there's a reason that it would not be about white people. Uh, there, there's a deep, obscure reason why it would not be about white people, which we'll definitely get to. Okay. But... Realistically, if it's being made in the United States, they're probably going to cast a bunch of white people. Okay. So it's an adaptation of classical Chinese literature. Yes, that's exactly what it is. You got it. That's what I'm guessing. It's Dream of the Red Chamber, starring starring Matthew Perry, Alice and Janney. Did you see the... J.K. Simmons and Emma Stone. Yes, exactly. No, it's not that at all. Okay. Does the show take place in the United States? Again, kind of same answer. Uh, the show almost certainly takes place in the United States, but there's a very good reason that it should not. It, it takes place in the United States because it's an American show. Okay. Uh, but there's a very good reason that it should take place elsewhere. Is it a, is it a genre show? Sure. I, I would say it fits into a certain genre. Uh, paranormal romance. Nope. There are zero vampires. Science fiction. 
Uh, hmm, yeah, actually, that wasn't what I was thinking of, but it is arguably science fiction. Were you just not thinking of it as a genre at all? Oh, no, there, there's, there's a genre that I had in mind when you asked the question. It's one that you haven't covered. It's a little more specific than any of the ones that you've mentioned thus far. Is it a Western? No. Is it a workplace drama? No. More specific than uh, Is it an apocalypse show? Nope. About Y2K. <laughs> That uh, takes place in American Samoa. Why the, haven't they made that yet? What? Why isn't there a book or a movie? Or I think it would actually be a very good TV show about an alternate reality in which the Y2K bug was completely real and actually brought down society. And it's an alternate history of the past, like, 15 years. Because, because the beginning of the millennium did bring down our way of life, and it's called 9-11. Yeah, it would be a really good metaphor. That's true. Battlestar Galactica, dude. Yeah. So I gotta figure out what the show's about. Gotta figure out what the show's about. Try to figure out who the main character is. Okay. Start is with the main, that. Is the main character a man? The gender of the main character is irrelevant, but let's say it's men. Okay, is the main character a member of a specific profession? Hmm, no. Uh, is the main character younger than 50? Absolutely. Older than 25? Definitely not. He's a teenager? Nope. He's a child? Nope. He's a baby? Yes. <laughs> the main character of the show is a baby. Is this a live-action program? I'm envisioning it as a live-action program. The baby might get some CGI. Okay. There's probably several babies. There's, there's it... probably several actor babies who play sure. the main baby. Sure. And some CGI. Um, does the baby character talk? Mm. Like, is the is the baby dubbed in with, like, a people voice? Like, oh, boy, gotta go to work. I'm going to say the baby has subtitles, but I'm just making this up right now. I didn't... Okay. It, it didn't uh, come up in my original scenario. But the baby is the protagonist. The baby is the hero of our story. Are the other characters human beings on the show? Yeah, they are. Okay. I should say there's no other, like, named or called out characters. So anybody else who the baby interacts with is, uh, at this point, an abstraction. Though they definitely show up in the show. Dude, everything a baby interacts with is an abstraction. That was fucking deep, dude. Yeah. You gotta go into child psychology. They barely have... Does the, does the protagonist even have object permanence? Uh... <laughs> probably not, which will, which will aid him. I her. see. He is a detective. No. No. Damn it. I would love the idea of, like, baby detective. Like, okay, Cal Hogarden, baby detective. Think of the opposite. True baby. It's I HBO's mean, true baby detective. No. Wait, the opposite of a detective? Yes, that's what I meant. Uh, is the opposite of a detective a criminal? Yes. This baby is a criminal. <laughs> is this show on AMC? Probably. So this is like a... Like a dirtbag anti-hero baby. Yeah, definitely. The Walter White of babies. The Walter White of babies. Is it called Breaking Baby? No, it has a different title, which you will you will guess by the end of this, I promise you. Okay. But you'll only be able to guess the title after you figure out 
the nature of this baby's criminal enterprise. Is it a drug-related criminal enterprise? Nope, not at all. Uh, is it a violent criminal enterprise? I mean, it probably turns violent by the end when, you know, things go sour. But, uh, no. It's not, uh, it's not inherently violent. Racketeering? No. Gambling? No. The flesh trade? Nope. You know what? Now that I think about it, I don't even know if this is, if, if this is even illegal. <laughs> it's a crime that is impossible. It is something you cannot do in reality. But it, I mean, there, there is a crime that's close to it that you have not mentioned. Is it analogous to stealing? To make sure that this is definitely a crime, there is stealing involved. But that is not the main thing that's going on. Is this baby a cat burglar? Nah. It's not a heist baby? This is not a heist baby. Because you know what I would call that show? Um, oh, yes. Obviously. What would I call it? Uh, you would obviously call it Heist Heist Baby. That's right. You're a terrible man. But it's, it's not that. Nope, it's not that. Remember, there's a science fiction component to this. Ah, uh, is it a time-traveling baby? No, the baby doesn't travel through time. Uh, does the baby have a crib that travels through time that it can't control, and it has all these wacky adventures with a bunch of women? It's called Doctor Who Are You? I don't know, because I'm a baby. Oh, I thought you were going for uh, Quantum Leap for some reason. Oh, is it Scott Baobi? Absolutely not. Okay. It's illegal, but it's not real. Don't don't necessarily think of it as illegal. But he's a criminal baby. Yeah, I mean, that's not the main thing that he is. Like, the criminality is sort of a tragic result of, of what he's actually doing. He's a smuggler. No. With a heart of gold, because he's a baby. Uh, no, but you said something that's in the answer. The baby has a heart of gold. No. The word gold is in the answer. The, gold is involved. Um, he's a forger? No. He loves gold. The baby definitely loves gold. Is he gold baby? But not as much as something else. Gold baby. Wah, wah, wah. He's the baby. The baby who cries too much. Stinky touch. Ew, gross. Such a gross baby. Have you seen Janelle Monet doing that in front of the president? What? Fuck, no. I, I want to see this right now. Okay. What? How do I find this? You just got to Google Janelle Monet Goldfinger. So the baby loves gold, and there's only one thing he loves more than gold. Right? Yes. Is it drugs? No. Is it chocolate? Oh, you're really close. It's some but kind you're of really food. close for a weird reason, so no, it's not chocolate. Is it but edible, the thing he loves it, more than it gold? It is definitely edible. Is it? Does it have chocolate in it? No, but it can be in chocolate. Does he love milk because he's a baby? No. It can be in chocolate. Uh, like in a chocolate bar? Yeah, you, you could find it in a chocolate bar. Uh, I don't think it's super common. Is it a... <gasps> David. David. Is this baby some kind of merchant? 
Well, he would have started out as a merchant, but he's he's kind of upped his game. Hmm. This isn't really. It's not an adaptation. It's not an adaptation. You said. Not right. a direct adaptation. However, it is based on something that an American TV producer heard on a trip to Tehran, isn't it? It is absolutely based on something that an American TV producer heard on a trip to Tehran. I've even got the theme song in my head. Do you? Yeah, well, it goes a little bit David, something like... why don't you tell us the name of the show that I've been thinking of this entire time? Who's that baby? Who's that baby trading walnuts for gold? Who's that baby? Who's that baby? Who's that baby trading walnuts for gold? Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the the show is called <laughs> Who's That Baby? Sure. It's about a baby who trades walnuts for gold, but this baby has figured out something amazing. And again, keep in mind science fiction-y to do with walnuts and gold. It can turn walnuts into gold. Exactly. The baby has invented a machine that turns walnuts into gold. Somehow this leads to crimes. So we should say, before anyone realize, before anyone like starts asking, like, how the hell did David jump to that conclusion? <laughs> I knew that- there would be I knew there would be one point at which you, like, crested the hill of Uh what the fuck was going on here, and everything (laughs) after that would just be a downhill, like, slide into into exactly what was happening. So this is based on, like, a dumb song that I was just singing that it's by um, internet personality Hosea Zay Frank, who, this is in, like, 2004. Five, right? So the original video is from 2000. It is from specifically, because I looked it up before the show. <laughs> it is specifically from May 17th, 2006. Zay Frank, for those of you who don't know, ran something called The Show with Zay Frank for one year from 2006 to 2007. And his goal was to every, it was only weekdays, right? Every weekday mm-hmm. put out a new video blog. And this was kind of before anybody was doing video blogs. Like, YouTube wasn't really a thing, so he didn't post them on YouTube. They were on his own website. Uh, All of that kind of, like, quick cutting between differently staged shots of the same person talking. He pretty much invented that. Yeah. And it was this weird mix. Well, I mean, mean, he didn't invent the jump cut, but he did invent the... That, as far as we know, the vlogging jump cut. Yeah, yeah, that particular use of it in in vlogs. Uh, and the show was like a weird mix of, I, I mean, how would you even describe it? News and skits and songs and life philosophy. Yeah. And like weird crowdsourced activities. Mm-hmm. Let's make an earth sandwich was one of my favorites. Exactly. He would. He said like, take a picture of yourself geotag a picture of yourself putting a piece of bread on the earth and then find a person on the opposite side of the world from you to put a piece of bread down there too and you guys will have made an earth sandwich so the exact context was uh and hey i mean this got this got resolved as soon as he said it so you know this has not been an ongoing thing since then for the past 10 years and longer so uh, this was specifically in uh, in response to 
the U.S.'s uh, offered incentives to suspend uranium enrichment in the Iran nuclear program. Mm-hmm. Ahmadinejad looked at the package of uh, incentives to suspend Iranian enrichment and said to reporters, do you think you're dealing with a four-year-old child to whom you can give some walnuts and chocolates and get gold from him? <laughs> and Zay translated this into the song, Who's That Baby Trading Walnuts for Gold? So, David... Yes, David. What was I thinking of this week? You were thinking of a wacky show. No, not a wacky show. You were thinking of an AMC original drama about a baby trading walnuts for gold. And it's called Who's That Baby? That's the one. It's going to re- it's going to replace Breaking Bad on AMC. Now Breaking that it's, Baby. Now it's gone. It's going to replace Breaking Bad and Mad Men. It's going to replace the entire AMC lineup. Just Who's That Baby? Who's that baby? Who's that baby trading walnuts for gold? And uh, I guess it is a testament to Zay that that is still stuck in my head uh, nine years later. Yeah. It, it's one of the finest moments of, of, the, of the internet thus far, I think. One of the finest moments of the aughts era internet. Back in those innocent days when we were all babies. Perfect. David, let's go over to the Scoratorium and see how I did. That's what I was going to say. I know it was. I preempted you. Okay, good. Let's do it. All right. So the Scoratorium actually now has the ability to turn walnuts into gold. I love it. I added that in. So, um, you know, free gold as long as you have some walnuts. Who's that, David? Who's that David turning walnuts to gold? It's me! Oh, that's my theme song from now on. <laughs> All right, David, you want to know how you did? I do. You got that 20 questions Tuesday in exactly nine questions. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Good game. <sighs> Thanks, man. That was, that was some solid work out there. Here is a fact what is that it? I learned in trying to preempt some of <laughs> some possible questions that it occurred to me you might ask. Yes. Uh, Iran is, in fact, the world's second biggest producer of walnuts. The, uh, the number one producer is China, and the number three producer is the United States. Interesting. Number two producer, Iran. Wow. And I looked up a documentary about Iranian walnut production and I learned that the uh, I will I will watch this documentary send me the link to this documentary I mean immediately. It, it's like a it's like a five or six minute thing I will um, watch it immediately so yeah it's it's decidedly watchable and I learned from that that uh, the city of Tosercan I'm not sure if I've got that pronunciation 100% right oh sure yeah Tostercan. Tostercan. Now, uh, Tusurkan. Okay. M- maybe that's closer. Tusurkan? Tusurkan? I don't know. I don't know Iran that well. It's a city in Iran, and that is the that is the capital of Iranian walnut production because they have very good soil. Nice. And so they grow all the walnuts there, and it is also a region known for, guess what? Walnut furniture because they have all these goddamn walnut trees, and they got to do something with them. Sure. That's very fine, very beautiful wood. 
So those are all my facts about uh, Iranian walnuts. And that's how you play 20 Questions Tuesday. If you like the show, please rate or review us on iTunes. Just search for 20 Questions Tuesday on the iTunes store and leave us some stars. For special bonus content and show notes, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 20QuestionsTuesday and follow us on Twitter at 20QuestionsTues. And you can keep up with everything we do at 20QuestionsTuesday.com. Our theme song is Blood Meridian by Curlew, licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. The music you heard under the show this week was by The Good Laws, also licensed under a Creative Commons license. If you want us to use your music, message us on Facebook or Tumblr. Up next, stay tuned for The Cod Couple, the show about a slovenly and a fastidious New Englander who have to learn to fish together. I'm David Brunel-Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>